0: Welcome to the Architecture Made Simple podcast, brought to you by Scrace Architects. In this series of podcasts, Tim and Andy explore different aspects of architecture, design and art.
1: Hi there, and welcome to the fifth episode of the Architecture Made Simple podcast. Me saying fifth episode for some reason made Tim smile. <laughs> I can't believe we got this far. You, you can't, well, I'm, I'm surprised there's still people listening. But thank you for listening, uh, and welcome along to the fifth episode. We've called this one Building a Dream. Now, lots of people seem to hold the dream after watching lots of programs like Grand Designs, so that they would like to build their own house and mould it into their own dream house, I guess, their perfect home where everything's where they want it to be, everything's laid out as it should be, and it's everything that they've ever dreamed of, whether that's the picture you drew as a five-year-old of a square-fronted house in a very symmetrical style with a door in the middle and windows either side, both ground floor and upstairs, and Tim has just drawn that very picture on his, on his notepad, because when you're a child, and you're probably... Drawing what your inner eye says a house looks like, and I suspect that's lots of people's dream home is to have a house that looks a bit like that or com- something completely outlandish. I think
0: the the initial impression is is that of the child's house. It's, it's inevitable that that's going to be the one that you picture, and partly that is partly the reason for that is that familiarity and it's what we see every day. And so there's the sort, of, um, sort of a repeat pattern um, that carries through architecture and through our environment that just kind of reminds us that we should all buy and play school houses.
1: Yeah, yeah. Um, but I, I, obviously fami- familiarity gives you the sense of belonging. Um, so when you're building your dream home, you want to feel like you belong in it. So I guess having something that's familiar Automatically gives you that that feeling of belonging. Yeah,
0: it's a buy-in, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, it's, it's, instantly. It's, it's, it's um what 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 you do when you go to buy buy from a show home is is and what the show home is there for is to buy this lifestyle, this identity, this um, this place of being.
1: Yes. Now, so what ev- everyone with in their minds' eye now, having drawn that picture of the four windows and the one door, all very symmetrical everyone would put their things inside that box very differently Some might have the kitchen at the front some might have it at the rear and I guess this outer shell of of what we all perceive a home to look like hides a lot of stuff inside that's going to be very different
0: yeah and that's that's down to personality isn't it like you mentioned it's um it's sort of is that individuality but uh, the, the, the purpose of getting someone in to design your home mm-hmm. or to build or build that idea of a dream home is that you can um, affect how people perceive you so there's a certain amount of um, expression of individuality it's kind of, it's almost like the sports car isn't it, it's like I, re- I really, really, really want a Ferrari so you, know,
1: <laughs> you best design more homes know, so. <laughs> more podcasts yeah yes, you know. Um, so I think we let's, let's strip this back a little bit so the first stage of building your dream or your dream home is you need to pick somewhere where it's going to go and that as I discovered a couple of years ago when I looked into doing this isn't easy it's not a simple simple kind of
0: I, I can buy well, certainly in this country um, there isn't the availability of land and it, there isn't availability of land where you want it to be so, most of the developments we're, we're seeing these days are out, out of town, um, slightly devoid of community and um, shops and amenities sometimes. Um, but the, yeah, the, this underlying um, problem with sites is that you, they're, they're not that available. So, you've, you've got to kind of, you've got to really search to find one and, um, that's partly why we buy existing stock i would think because we, you know we're focusing on locality as much as anything
1: yeah so right let's let's assume then that we've found our ideal parcel of land and it's so that may be out in the wilderness surrounded by tre- surrounded by trees or it might be a a sliver of land between some ex- existing structures that's just big enough to build Whatever you want to build on it, um, obviously we need some planning permission, and that's not easy either. Which, which house do you want to build? Um, let's build my dream home. Okay, um, and I have two of them, so we'll go okay. go okay. for one of them. One of them is the dream home from when I was about twenty-five. Is, is this an hourly
0: rate, or is this?
1: <laughs> uh, no, it's a one-off fee. Okay. Um, so when I was about when I just left the army, when I was about twenty-five. I really wanted a cool, kind of, industrial, open plan, quirky house in the middle of a town. Okay. Um, so, ideally, kind of, a little bit private, hidden away on a bit of land that you wouldn't know was there.
0: Okay, so it's sort of a hidden spot. Yes. Um, one of our in-between spaces, will in, we?
1: Almost, yeah. yeah. So, I've always liked, kind of, houses that are in courtyards or in a mews. Yeah. Um, so to c- kind of create an, a modern twist on a muse development okay. w- was kind of my dream. Okay.
0: So um, you've, you've, you're actually drafting the brief as we speak? Yes. So, right, I, mean, okay. so, so I mean, this is part of the process, and um, you're beginning to add pictures in people's heads um, as to what that might look like. And so, my job is really just to kind of distill those ideas, get them down on paper. And, and collate them um, and then we look at the site specifically and we look at how we can employ elements of the site to um, engage and interact with the spaces that you want to create in between um, so you know what you've got in your box the exciting kind of um, the, the lifestyle that you're creating within it but then you you know you want that urban edge so you're looking at different materials and you're looking at um, again those those kind of studio loft style kind of studio apartments um, you're looking for references you're probably looking for you've already got an established vocabulary in your mind as to what that would look like but actually we're um, working through that together um, to try and um, resolve some of your ideas and that's, um, that's sort of how we, we begin the process of, of, of building your dream home was just trying to transcribe those ideas into into kind of working um, working visuals.
1: So, assuming we found the land, assuming yeah. we can get permission, and yeah. we've kind of talked through my random ideas, which is a mishmash of coach house slash warehouse slash um, ancient muse thing hidden away in the back streets of wherever I'm living. How do we... Cause, I'm guessing ideas come out in a random stream of kind of data that you've then got to kind of reassemble into something that's a coherent working building yeah um but, i mean it
0: depends who your client is but in your instance probably um there's this um this kind of pat- the this pattern comes towards you and um you know with experience you're able to kind of extract what what people want out of different spaces and um individuals as part of that client team will probably want their own kind of um take on the kitchen or um take on the dining room so it's kind of you 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 try and achieve a a happy compromise with those ideas. But you draw on, actually, um, and this comes back to this idea of home, is you draw on the activity that you would have within that space rather than the actual um, prescriptive, and particularly with something like an urban loft or whatever, you've got that open plan environment. You can't say that's the kitchen. You can say that's sort of a kitchen area-ish. but, you know, this desire to kind of have this um, space flowing means that you, you need to have that flexibility of, um, of use. Um, and I think the use really sort of um, comes down to
1: activity. So you mentioned the word home rather than house a couple of times. And I, th- I think it would probably be useful now to make a distinction between the two. At what point does a house become a home? In, in, Because when you start designing a house, and your dream house, at some point in your mind, you take ownership of that physical structure as your home. And it's probably not when it's built and you move in. I suspect your emotional attachment happens a lot earlier. Um, and I think that's the difference between a house and a home, for me, is the emotional side of it.
0: The, uh, the, the emotional side that you get when you go to buy a house and where you have that moment where you realise that that house is the right one for you is, is the definition for me of home and it's that emotional connection that you have with a space but the, the, uh, the reason that you have that emotional connection I think is largely derived on the fact that you can see and you have the vision to see what that space could be and what it would mean to your family or your, you know, your, your just general um, character your, and, and, and lifestyle. So it's not necessarily down to the house. It's, no. large, it's largely down to how it fits in with your plans.
1: Um, and I guess because if you go and view a house, and I've done this with my wife several times, we walked into a house and said, this would be a really nice house to live in for a short period of time. Or we've also said, we'd quite like this to be our home. Yeah. So when you're designing a house, it's very different because you can't stand in it. You can't have that that feeling of home watching something being drawn on a bit of paper or on a computer screen. But I, I suspect, for lots of people, when you kind of first show them your um, artistic sketch of what their house might look like, it's probably when they start feeling probably describing it as their home rather than the house that they're designing.
0: They... They they could can kind of conceive of that, and obviously uh,
1: different for every every person because yeah, different people give attachment emotionally in different times and in different ways. But well,
0: that's the, that's the tricky that's the tricky part of my job. Uh, the, the, there is an engagement with others, um, and you know when you're when you're working with um, a series of people, those the, that buy in comes in at different times. Um, the until you give someone the keys to the door. They don't. They don't have ownership of that, that mm. space. Um, so until the builders out, until the builders come back and fixed all the snagging and everything else, um, it's very hard to kind of make that space your own. Um, it's a bit like going to you know if if you go to a hotel or something like that, you go to the room. You you have got this space for, for for you know for the night of the week. You you try and make it comfortable for yourself. And you can't do that until you've got the key, mm-hmm. um, and actually, you don't feel comfortable for you know a good few days until you're into the pattern of living, and that's what what happens with houses. So, you it doesn't become a home until you work out what that pattern is. And so you know where to put the where, where to put the um, you know the the table outside or or whatever where you might want want to put the barbecue um where you want to put the goal posts
1: well, it goes down to every small detail yeah. how, how many people have moved into a house put their kettle and toaster one pace yeah and these are the smallest simplest things that you use once a day and after a week most people will move it yeah somewhere else because it doesn't work
0: where it is and and six months in you might change your mind because you you're going through an emotional shift and you feel like you need to kind of have more toast <laughs> have an eastern
1: side toaster um but you 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 find that way, don't you? I think we should probably talk about the practicalities of building your own home. Mm. Um, people say that buying a house is the most stressful thing you can do in your life. Mm. Surely, building a house oh, it's, it's, is far more stressful. <laughs>
0: yeah. I, I, yeah, most most of my clients would probably say that. Probably probably say it's the most stressful experience of their life. And from having done work myself, I can I can contest that. It's, very much.
1: So it's not something that should be jumped into on a whim. No,
0: and um that's that's you know part of my role in in terms of informing people Some, sometimes sometimes people get let their ambitions and their um get away from, from themselves a little bit. Um again going back to TV that sort of you know that everyone's drawn in um to this ideal. Um and you can't walk away from it after forty-five minutes, or go and make a cup of coffee after fifteen. It's not. It's not something you can escape. You're in in this for two years. An
1: all-consuming two years. Yeah.
0: And um, but at the end of it, you you walk away with something that you've you've invested in.
1: Often the most stressful or the most difficult things are also the most rewarding. Mm. Because yes. when it's stressful and when it's difficult, you put your heart and soul into it to get it done. We may have been a bit harsh by calling the building process a nightmare. Um, I, I understand that it can feel like that sometimes. Um, so how do we reconcile those feelings um, by the time we get to completion?
0: Well, you want to make sure that you've got the right team on board to give you the support you need along the way, I think, is, is very much, you know, when you're, when you're doing something emotionally testing. You want to know that you've got a good backup. Is, know, this, you,
1: is this the word trust being incredibly important here? I think probably you, Do you trust the you, people that you're working with. Yeah. And
0: and also, yeah, it's that, that reliance really. You, you, you've got to put trust in the process, um, but you recognize that it might be difficult because you've seen enough programs and you've, you've, you've learned enough these days to recognize that there are there are dangers. But with the right team, with the right professional team, you can strike that balance, and um, as long as you're working together, um, and they're there to support you, then you can you can come out the side other side and um, enjoy it as a rewarding process. Initially, you kind of is that there are as we've talked about so many different stages to that 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 roller coaster, um, that journey that you need almost a guide to kind of walk you through those things, and. I'm becoming more and more aware that that's sort of my role in that um, but it's almost more of a is borderline spiritual sometimes um, because you've kind of you've you've got to take that raw emotion out of it um, at some points in the process um, and then other times you've got to explore it so um, the reason that I, I I started painting and doing more painting with um, clients is that I find that a good way of documenting. An abstracting thought um, that might not necessarily come down to kind of what 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 the handle is going to be like on the kitchen cupboard, um, or why's you know why 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 a digger's in my backyard but I can't <laughs> get it out you know, um, uh, so um, but in in sort of a, identifying that early on, um, it it by it gets that buy-in into the process, but it also gives that fallback to the process so you can. Um, if you've got a good kind of, it's almost like a mission statement where you can kind of fall back on decisions and go, right, well, this is actually what we wanted. And um, you've explored that emotionally in terms of what do we really want out of this? Not just kind of like, I want three beds and, and two en-suites and, and a shower room. You know, it, it, it's more about what we're trying to create um, as, as, as a team or, um, you know, just just generally... Um, yeah uh, giving that full back position
1: so I guess you draw up a logistical shopping list because if you're building a house you need to determine whether how many bedrooms you want, how many bathrooms you want what living space you want but then you also build up a playbook, I'm going to dip into a a sporting (laughs) reference now, every sporting team has a playbook and it's the playbook that wins games, wins matches, wins tournaments because in the most stressful moments, you need to go back to something that's rock solid and you've determined without emotion and without pressure and without stress. So I'm guessing what you're saying is that holds true within building your dream house.
0: Well, I, I like I like the idea of the, the playbook. Um, you know, it's something that I might might coin. Um, you're welcome. <laughs> but it's it's, um, it's strangely, signed, it, you know, that's... That's sort of a different thing that goes on. And I would say that that's probably due that would probably be, you know, something I'd have in 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 my locker as your guide. Yeah. Um, but it wouldn't be something as a client I'd expect you to have. No. So no. so I would I would sort of say that if we're using sporting analogies, right? So um if if we go to, to Jurgen and um, you know, we imagine that he's got a what do you call it? the play the playbook the playbook yeah, was, yeah. Well, no. My, see
1: let, let's let, let's take it back to a reference that I both both of us know that we both enjoyed the moment because we both like rugby okay so let's go all the way back to 2003 yeah the final few minutes of the rugby world cup final between England and Australia yeah England if you speak to Johnny Wilkinson and Matt Dawson they went through four plays in the playbook to get to the moment that Johnny Wilson, Wilkinson dropped the ball over the line and Matt Dawson says we all knew what we were doing because we were going through the playbook didn't matter how much pressure there was everyone knew where they should be what they were doing at that moment we knew that we were doing step one step two step three step four um we knew that Johnny would kick the goal. they were under the most pressure England hadn't won an international tournament in team sport for flip knows how long but because they had the playbook, each person on that team knew exactly what they were doing. Because it was it's prescribed, the but decisions I, weren't in there. They didn't have to make a decision, no. so the pressure was reduced.
0: But in a way, even though you know Woodward was the architect, right?
1: Yes, exactly. Um, it, it, the coach yeah, is the architect. Yeah.
0: But in that instance, the it would be the it would be the vision that um, Woodward had given to the players that they will be the best team in the world. Yeah. And that's what that's what the mission statement would be for my clients, is that you will, you know, the, the purpose of this, no matter what, you know, regardless if you lose this time, next mm-hmm. time, you know, you will still be the best team. Yeah. Um, and in being the best team, you know, you get the best results.
1: Yeah, so that's kind of... If, if you, as an architect, are that coach with that playbook, mm-hmm. and you're having a moment of crisis with your client, you can say half time team talk. Yeah, we know what we're doing. Yeah, we've already planned this. Yep. we foresaw things like this might happen. This is what we do now.
0: But your dream is.
1: Yeah, yeah. But this is the end goal. Yeah. Don't focus on us picking a front door right now. Yeah. And not being able to get the one that you really liked in the right yeah. size. Just without spending a lot yeah. of money.
0: Just, just visualize the the, the, John, the Johnny drop. call. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Sounds good.
1: So, Tim, on our next episode of Architecture Made Simple, we're going to talk about furloughed space. Now, explain what you mean by that. We've all become accustomed to the term furlough, um, and that kind of means redundant but not redundant. Yeah, well,
0: we've, um, we've touched on it before. We've touched on empty space and in between and that kind of thing. Um, but obviously, the, the space that's becoming more and more, um, the space that... The <laughs>
1: The space that's being used is being used less, or will be used less, because of the acceleration of home working. That's it. So, and businesses going bust. Well, that's
0: the, that's the, the cold hard reality of yeah. the situation that we we're in at the moment. Uh, they're, they're, they're likely to be more spaces that are empty.
1: Yeah. So we've got to figure out what to do with them. Great. So we'll talk about that on the next episode of Architecture Made Simple. Cheers. Bye.